Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to Episode 3, Secret Origins, Part 3. And today on our episode, uh, John Jones, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern attempt to rescue for Superman and Hawkgirl within the last remaining smog factory, but get captured in the attempt. The parasite leader god thing shows up to gloat, but finds that John was hiding something. Batman. Batman, uh, apparently alive and well, reverses the polarity on the factory in the confusion, clearing up the smog and revealing the parasite's weakness, sunlight. The group destroy the facility, defeat the leader, rescue the scientist hostages, and uh, Batman proposes that they form a Justice League using an orbiting space station, the Watchtower, as their headquarters. That is what happens in this episode. It is a cool, cool, cool episode. Gary, what are your thoughts on this? I agree. It is a cool, cool, cool episode. Is that our final thoughts? Or are we done? I mean, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can just kind of tap out now. <laughs> no, I mean, this is this episode is where stuff really happens. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, we start off with the world on fire, essentially. Uh, some dude who looks like Hulk Hogan is saving children from a... God, uh, that's a good moment. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much destruction in the second episode. That was one thing I meant to mention last last week, but there's so much more. Uh, I mean, these aliens are doing a number on the Earth. and uh, But the this, this Super 7 here, they're going to save the day. So uh, I really like the Hulk Hogan saving children bit because like there's a lot of personality that goes into it mm-hmm. uh, first of all uh john jones and wonder woman are kind of walking around and wonder woman says these people are untamed savages mm. and john jones says do not judge them too harshly they act out of fear Ugh. and like dude like it, it clearly bringing to mind his experiences what happened when his civilization was being destroyed there was absolutely martian looting which i really would have liked to see but like that is really cool yeah like, that's just that one line reveals so much about oh i've seen this before it's not their fault it's just tragedy honestly like that that after the year that 2020 has been that line spoke to me on such a deeply emotional level yeah you know with everything that's been going on in the world it's just kind of like wow man like mm-hmm. it's 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 so simple uh and I mean, fear is such a controlling factor in, in so many things, but I just kind of like, I don't know. I think I just like stopped breathing for a minute when he said that. I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is everything right now. Yeah. It really does make John Jones more relatable in the ways that we were talking about last week mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, how, how his sense of loss kind of propels his character forward and, and him kind of having this 10,000 yard perspective of these ants don't know what they're doing. Mm. P- pity them. Don't you know, scorn them. That's, that's very Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Me. Yeah, for sure. But also kind of empath, empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a nice moment. Um, and you know, Wonder Woman is somebody who hasn't seen the loss of a people before. Like sure. That mascara had its own kind of squabbles, but she is very much coming to this place, a fish out of water. Yeah. Um, sort of a, a, a babe in a new, in a new country. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not her land. She is unfamiliar with how people struggle in a big city. But John gets it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, presumably any sort of events that happened in Themyscira did not happen in her lifetime, right? So, uh, because 
as far as I know, it's been a pretty peaceful existence for for many years, right? Because no men allowed, uh, so to speak. Um, <laughs> yep that that simplifies things. It does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, so I mean, this is probably like really her first uh, a dance with conflict outside of just the training that she endured. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Um, I I think that her, you know, and there's like this this that moment right at the end where, uh, Flash like get, gets her a mocha from the stocked kitchen on the watchtower, and she's just like, oh man, we don't have these on Themyscira. Like getting kind of interested in um in in the modern in man's world mm-hmm. is is a really fun one. There's um god i'm I'm trying not to spoil too much for you but there's several <laughs> moments where she does some regular human woman stuff and it's super cute oh like going to a nightclub <laughs> you know that kind of thing it's very good that's awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. i i've never really loved wonder woman as a character before i think that she's she usually comes across as a a, a facet of a bygone era where like it's superman but a lady was like good enough to sell comics right however I think that kind of selling her old timey aesthetic within the realm of, oh, she's from a different culture Mm -hmm. is a pretty inspired decision. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that might be why the Wonder Woman movie worked so much better than most of the other ones in in the the universe. Did it work well? I didn't actually see it. I think so, because it's it's largely that it's her kind of figuring out uh, common man and uh and it seems like the second one's going to be kind of the reverse of that is, uh, you know, well. Man figuring out her? Yeah, to, to, to a sense. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she, that's, I think that's the best part about Wonder Woman is, is not her superpowers. It's, it's her curiosity and her uh, excitability um, for, for learning something yeah. new. She's a sheltered child, you know. Like bright eyed and bushy tailed is the is the is the phrase that comes to mind. Yeah. Like she's just game. Yeah. She uh I mean like she 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 wants to throw herself into this new world head first. Uh, whereas Batman is so steeped in how terrible the world can be that he has learned to be cautious. Mm-hmm. It's just, their dynamic is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not your uh your episode highlight for because we just uh, kind of did that. Um, no, no, no. She is not. I've okay. got one that's going to knock your socks off. Don't you worry about that. All right. I did want to mention we are getting a couple civilians in the shot here, like with the biker. First of all, that's a good decision to have like the biker, the the tough looking biker guy being like, hey, there are kids here. Oh, Come yeah. on, you got to help us get up. I, I get the feeling like it's almost like a take that at like um, kind of northeast sentiments of what Southerners are like or what like bikers are like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it feels like an anti-woke kind of thing. It does. <laughs> from this 20, 20 perspective. <laughs> but I really dig that, that they go out of their way to be like, hey, it, it's not about, you know, different types of people. We are humans. We're all we have. We need to act as one. We need to form a, you know, Justice League of our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and also we we do we do get some shots of just a bunch of people kind of scampering around. They are vaguely the same humanoid shapes. They're either reverse pairs or just like regular humanoids. There aren't that many different shapes that they use, but they do have all different costumes. Like they they don't they they're not like a crowd of faceless, 
you know, anime protagonists in the same school uniform and then our main guy who has spiky red hair. Right. You know, they they, they don't do that. They have a crowd that looks like an actual crowd, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. There has been one common theme throughout all three of these episodes that we haven't really addressed, uh, and that's hmm. Max Goof himself, uh, Snapper Carr, who's sort of the narrator of everything that's oh, man. going on. Greatest name ever, uh, by the way. Uh, did you want me to go into my character highlight early? Oh, crap. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. Like, there's no reason that we can't. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? Why not? Go for it. We're, we're already here. Yeah, so uh, Snapper Carr is the on-site reporter voiced by Jason Marsden. And I don't know if you recognize this, but it's Richie from Static Shock. Oh, okay. Um, His voice is great, especially for an on-site reporter. Yeah, Snapper Carr. God. Um, his, his original name is Lucas Carr. And... Uh, yeah, he he's just the he's the reporter. He shows up in a lot of episodes uh, when you know the reporting on something when when things are kind of reaching the global scale and they need a reporter. Uh-huh. That's who it is. Awesome. So he's what, recurring. What did you have to say about him? Yes, he is a recurring performance. Um, and I went pretty deep into the DC rabbit hole, and uh, he gets superpowers at one point. Really? Wow. <laughs> so he's got like this affect of snapping his fingers uh-huh. that used to be kind of like a beatnik thing. Like he was supposed to be kind of a cool teen. Uh huh. Um, but in this iteration, in the more modern incarnations, he gets uh, exposed to some, like, metagene X-Men kind of rays that, like, expose his superpowers, which is he can teleport. Oh. Uh, and he does so by snapping his fingers. <laughs> wow. That is cool. Okay, Snapper Car, It's got a double meaning. I like it. I think it's kind of dumb. However, <laughs> I do love his voice. Like, Jason Marsden is yeah. just a wonderful voice. Whenever he's talking to anyone else... Mm-hmm. Like, when he was talking to the general, the general did a good job talking. Yeah. But his voice acting is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's just Jason's voice. Like, his voice is butter, mm-hmm. in a way. Like It's so good. Yeah, I, I just love hearing him talk about anything. And uh, so when he popped up in this, I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, Snapper is is the narrator of this i mean he doesn't serve that much of a greater purpose beyond that but he is he is uh, a a very good character and you were right my socks are knocked <laughs> off i'm glad this is who you went with uh yes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I i would have mentioned him earlier but i was saving him for the for the episode for the for the character highlight <laughs> i'm sorry i forced um, your hand but uh not at all not not a big deal um <laughs> i i did want to mention one thing when i was kind of going through looking at what he was doing mm-hmm. um specifically because it involves the anti-life equation which i know you're a fan of <laughs> now um, yes <laughs> yes ever so, since uh, episode during, one ever since episode zero my dear. oh i'm sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> during something what is known as final crisis which i don't know what that is but i don't uh, i don't need to it's some dc stuff mm-hmm. I'll, I'll figure it out later yeah he is one of very few operatives who are not completely taken over by the anti-life equation, oh. which is some sort of mind control thingy that's just shitty. <laughs> um, and he joins somebody named Mr. Terrific. Okay. <laughs> and he is required to use his teleportation abilities on some stealth missions. So this means he's forced to kill a number of brainwashed human slaves, um, after which uh, I, I think a villain or maybe somebody else, Cheetah, seduces him and the two have extremely heated passionate sex (laughs) (laughs) experiencing brief love while the world is consumed by hatred by the anti-life equation i don't know if that's a required plot point in there (laughs) or whether that's just something that the people behind the website for like dc 
DC Universe decided to throw in, but <laughs> I think it's very funny that they went out of their way to mention it. It, it seems like a vital plot point to me, so. <laughs> I, I mean, when anti, the anti-life equation is, is, is some heady, heady depressive, depressive stuff, so if he's going to throw down in the middle of a apocalypse, who among us yeah. would tell him that that's a bad time? I only hope that there's a follow-up where he and Cheetah have a kitten uh, with snapping powers. Yes, 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 yes. Snapping kitten. Yes, <laughs> please. Kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Kitty, move over. Snapping kitty. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I I think that Snapper Car, God, that's a good that's a good like television report that's a good uh, on site reporter nickname too. It is like, imagine like this is Snapper Car signing off with uh, with 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 Channel One News, you know that's just a great nickname. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he continues showing back up. He, he in Justice League, he never becomes more than the reporter, but it's the perfect role. I I think that the fact that they pulled Jason Marsden mm-hmm. was be you know this is kind of the thing that we were talking about all the sound effects they kind of could import directly from Batman the Animated Series. Right at this point, they know Jason Marsden as a capable voice actor. Yep. Um, so so it makes sense to me that they would pull him for a recurring character and just fucking bang job. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's he been in, uh, he was in Batman and, and Superman, the animated series, Batman Beyond. Oh, was he? Uh, he was Richie in Static Shock uh, and Justice League. So, I mean, he's been all over the place in, in uh, the DC uh, uh, animated universe. But um, Yeah, and but- Snapper Car was apparently you know designed back in the 60s to be a beatnik kind of appeal to the kids Mm -hmm. uh from what my dad had told me so uh the fact that he would come in now and be like one of the most audially appealing characters in the show yeah i don't know it's cool it's cool connective tissue it is cool i I think they knocked it out of the park with that and and thank god he's not a beatnik i think news reporter works way better Oh, it's great! Like he's and he's got such a news reporter voice. Like I he don't does. remember who does Vicky. I don't remember who does Vicky Vale in the um, Arkham Asylum video games, mm. but it's a similar affect. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it it is it is very very good. Uh, but he has nothing else to do with the episode, so let's get back to that. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- this 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 whole episode is uh, forget episode three. We're just doing the Snapper Car episode. Um, <laughs> Snapper Car. <laughs> Channel One News, Snapper Car. Uh, yeah, so where were we? Uh, well, we, we do get the senator who shows up to gloat. Yes. Uh, once all of them get, they all get captured, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by, 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 a, they basically, um, the parasites, you know, they, they have learned the ways of humans. They have their weak, feeble, emotional connection. Silly humans. <laughs> um, they, they go in to try to rescue Superman and Hawkgirl, and it's used against them. Mm-hmm. There are two aliens who, um, shapeshift into their likenesses and they use that to trap them gas them and meld them to this kind of bio wall thing um and they have them trapped but then the senator shows up and i wanted to mention that because i parasites probably didn't gloat before they met humans right <laughs> yeah that seems like a very like this, human this trait. villain monologue is is villain monologue something that most races don't know how to do <laughs> i mean i don't know i i've i don't to my knowledge i've never met a non-human but uh mm. it it just seems like the most human thing to do so <laughs> well i i really like you know we were able to figure out i don't know if you could by this point i was able to kind of piece together oh 
nuclear disarmament by Superman, spearheaded by this senator. Yep. Senator was a former astronaut. Yep. Astronaut met these Martian things. Like, it was pretty clear to me that uh, the the astronaut never got off that planet. Right. And that it's just been a planet the whole time. But now we get that kind of underlined three times and, and pointed out to the audience, which isn't the worst thing in the world. No, I mean, because it's... Uh... It's pretty much a show made for children, right? So you gotta you gotta right. make it clear what the point is. But it it is cool. It's a cool payoff. It is. Like I like that. Um, you, you know, one could, uh, one could argue, uh, somewhat naively that uh, in the first episode where Superman was disarming a bunch of nukes, that that was just purely good. Um, and and kind of seeing that it that it's not so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, is is kind of a neat um, is is a is a neat twist to it. Like this is a more complex world than simply no one should have weapons. We're in a superhero story. Weapons need to exist because we need to defend our planet. Um, I, I just like them kind of exploring that theme a little bit through the through the prism of this sabotage. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's kind of important to note that at least according to uh, Wikipedia, um, that this three-part episode was aired in one block, right? So it was all aired on November 17th uh, in, in 2001. And Oh, sure. So there wasn't a lot of... I mean, I think that's why they might tie that bow so tightly, you know, just in case... Um, because I mean, yeah, it's made for children, but it's also made for adults, and I don't know how but that the was shows... like the patriotism. We have to fight back, kind of zeitgeist after nine eleven. So it, yeah. it makes sense that they would hold those that they would demonize the hippies who wanted to disarm the nukes. Yeah, yeah, essentially, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, uh, which I'm not crazy about, but it's at least interesting. Yeah. What did you think about this? Uh, the Imperium, which is not a name for a singular organism. Um, <laughs> the, but uh, this this sort of Zerg overmind thing that shows up. Well, I, I had more questions than answers. I feel like, and I was going to ask you. I mean, yeah, is Imperium like a classic DC villain, or is this a character that was created for this episode, or do you have any idea? I, I looked it up. I didn't find much. I think it's mostly just for this episode. Okay, um, but uh, it's um, I like what what Emperor walks into the invaded cities like heroes without any plan like (laughs) why is he exposing himself like this Mm -hmm. to the only threat to their victory that they've had like he should be on the he should be orbiting orbiting the world yeah you know unless unless like in absorbing humans tendencies for gloating he also needed to gloat personally so he shows like maybe that's also the downside of being a parasite is that you get the weaknesses yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, uh, I like the way this thing looks. It's like nice and um, it's got big tentacles. There's that moment when all the tentacles like go into like uh, go into John Jones ugh. in kind of a Firefly War Stories episode that thing, was... where like you can see it wriggling under his skin, ugh. and it's just like oh, that was terrifying. This is t- it's torture. Yeah. They're showing a person being tortured to death, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know through the through the best lens that animation can kind of tone that down to a form that we can accept like he didn't get you know he didn't get waterboarded or like you know have his anus like uh seared shut or anything like that (laughs) like it wasn't actual torture right it it was just like this is cartoon torture where it it's clearly painful but he'll be fine at the end right 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 i mean it's yeah i they were they weren't shoving bamboo under his fingernails or anything no no well probably couldn't get away with that on the wb but 
one of my notes right. is how did they get away with this brutal shit Ex- question mark exclamation point uh i i, I think because it's they're doing they're doing it to a martian i think maybe yeah that makes sense i mean it, it i just kind of like took took pause for a minute on that like wow this is this is pretty gross um it's kind of hardcore it is yeah yeah, yeah. uh Good job on you getting that past the censors, guys. Um, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean that was. <laughs> but yeah, it, but I, I it it is kind of nicely like um, you know their things get as dark and terrible as they can, and that's when the big emotional payoff happens. Yep, yep, I agree. Where, uh, where uh, it's been shown that uh, Psych John Jones had been mentally shielding Batman the whole time. So that nobody knew that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes out of fucking nowhere, reverses the polarity on the whole thing, and just like blows up the mothership, essentially. Yeah. And that's, oh, that that's the payoff. It's there. And beautifully orchestrated with this, with this soundtrack, mm-hmm. which I actually went and looked into. Um, you can get to this on YouTube. I have actually have the link. Uh, if you don't remember how it sounds, I can send it to you. But it's called Imperium Retreats. Oh, and it's just it, the the music composer is Christopher Carter, okay, um, who is also responsible for the Batman Beyond music. And this this track is just dynamite. Awesome. Well, we'll link it in the show notes then. Hmm. Um. Here, I'll, I'll I'll put it there right now in case you do not uh, know it. But it's the you know when when they open up the canopy mm-hmm. to this uh, mothership thing, and it's like don 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 don. Donk, donk, that nice minor key change. Good. Everything is that the big like Hans Zimmer payoff is so real. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's incredible. Um, which I mean, I, we have to ask the question: like, is John just a dick for lying to Wonder Woman? Because I mean, what would it? I guess what would it hurt if if the Justice League knew that Batman was still alive? Well, no, they're they're um they're they're psychic parasites, right? And they oh, um yeah, and they they absorb Martian abilities, which include telepathy. Okay, that makes sense. That makes so, sense. So, like, uh, you know, they, we showed in the first episode that Superman got messages from Jean, um, and I've seen other, um, I've seen other uh, in, in Young Justice, mm-hmm. uh, Miss Martian it has the ability to read minds and is told not to do that because that's like a human no-no. But it's it's on the Martian capacity list. Like you can do that. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So that actually, it makes sense that uh, he was mentally shielding uh, people from discovering Batman. And if there's anyone I wouldn't accuse of being a dick, <laughs> good point. It's probably John Jones. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> like I don't think he has the capacity, like the emotional, like payoff for being dickish. Right. Right. Um, he might be short or brief with people, mm-hmm. but I, it's hard to interpret it as him being dickish. Right. But Imperium has full dick capabilities. Uh, oh yeah, he's got all all sorts of dicks hanging on. He's there. he's basically, I mean, yeah, he's human, so of course he's, he's just a ball full of dicks. <laughs> really, that's all he is. I like how he's nice and asymmetric too. Like, yeah. this is this is a weird looking something or other. Yeah, I was getting some some sort of like Metroid vibes a little bit. Um, I I thought Zerg, but it's like a pretty similar kind of Cronenbergian take on the alien intelligence yeah yeah it was a good look yes. i mean I, i'm guessing imperium if that's his name his or her name does not show back up or show up again um 
I don't think so. Didn't he die in the in the in the finale here? He got his skin bubbled off or whatever. There was a cruiser that escaped as like kind of a stinger, like a dun dun dun. Yeah. But I I thought that Imperium himself actually uh, died in the in in one of the other ships. Well, I I thought so too, but I wasn't sure. I thought it was strange that they did show that one ship getting away, but um, I wasn't sure if a little if sequel bait he there was on that or not. So. No, I I think he's gone. I I don't think we needed a sequel bait here. Like the, the whole end of the episode is like hey um you know the look the avengers initiative is important because we don't have the capacity to hold off like these other worlds Mm -hmm. we need a group of heroes to fight the battles that we never could thank you nick fury (laughs) like this is i mean like that's that's the idea behind the justice league Mm -hmm. so i think just the initial invasion didn't need to be a hanging plot thread that could potentially come back i think it could just be like oh we have shown that the world needs this mm-hmm. right now. This, we are not ready for this level of antagonism. Yeah, the stakes are high. The stakes are, are now high. I don't think we needed like kind of a a, a, a hanging plot thread. I, and I think it would have been a better payoff, especially with that god goddamn great music. <laughs> yeah. Um, to to have everything wrapped up in a no, we we did it. Mm-hmm. This this was a total victory. Yep. A tight ninety. Um, to have the hang. Yeah, to have the, the the plot thread there is is a little bit uh, extraneous to me. Yeah, I, I agree. It felt weird, but I mean, ultimately, if that's my biggest complaint about this episode, they're doing okay. Oh yeah, no, the, the episode front to back is is pretty solid. Like it comes in in a pretty pretty heated moment. Um, we have that great you know cathartic moment with Batman still alive and the great music. Uh, snapper Snapper Car is on site. You know, doing. <laughs> working working the beat mm-hmm. so so like it's all it's all aces yeah there was also that um i like the way like the skin bubbled and fried in the sunlight yeah yeah i think that was was part of the brutal the aforementioned brutal shit that i was referring to because like even oh you know, yeah, i yeah. mean all the violence was against aliens and you know whether it's john or whether it's you know these other guys but it was pretty pretty nasty and then yeah, yeah. so then we get to the wrap-up where we finally we finally get to see it. Our our namesake. Yep, the Watchtower. Yes. <laughs> this thing looks great. I love the way the Watchtower looks. It is the very, you know, in, in contrast to the Batman, the Batmobile, um, or the, the, the Batcopter or whatever the hell it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing looks like the Millennium Falcon satellite kind of deal. Like, there's just lots of, lots of parts that I don't understand. Um, but it's got that cool color scheme. It's real chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it looks great against the backdrop of, of the, of the planet. It's beautiful. Well, well, what can I say? This is, this is what I wanted in the, uh, the bat plane. I love that, you know, Bruce Wayne secretly funded it through what a loophole in the R and D department. Yeah. Line item in the aerospace program in, in, in Wayne enterprises or something. Yeah. yeah, It's very good. Some nice little line. Yeah. Um, when we also have one of those like really good characterization people talking to each other moments at the end there because uh you know all of them are kind of gung-ho uh wonder woman says like yeah but i i'm intrigued by your planet tell me more mm-hmm. batman's like yeah i'm not part of this team but you can call me when you need to i guess yeah. you know very standoff they're all clearly joining but they just have to put their own particular spin on it mm-hmm. superman kind of grows into his leadership role which is nice yep yeah, I believe and Bruce's exact words were that he's not a people person, which I think is very <laughs> a lot. You know, there's like these little moments of levity in all three of these episodes that make it work really well. Mm-hmm. Like like when his mask was going to come off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Love that. 
And they reach out to John Jones, who, you know, like we had said last episode, the big thing here is that he is, um, you know, he, he doesn't consider, he thinks himself alone in the universe. And Superman, you know, great emotional intelligence from Superman. He's like, I know what you're going through. And it's not the same. Nothing can replace your lost loved ones, but we can be your family. Mm-hmm. Like that, just such, he's just the emotional sensitivity from Superman is just really heartwarming, you know? It is, yeah, yeah. I love this version of Superman. I don't think I like any other versions except for Injustice, and that's on a totally different rubric. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean I've never I've never been a Superman guy either, but this version is 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 warming warming my heart, I gotta be honest. Yeah. Um the the only thing I wouldn't mind is uh I feel like Hawkgirl mm-hmm. does not really get enough in the way of uh explaining why she's here what she's doing like even in the second episode batman's just like hawk girl what she's doing what's she doing here yeah and i still don't know yeah yeah right <laughs> um uh, yeah pr- presumably that gets handled later on but it isn't it isn't best set up yet well yeah and and i was kind of waiting for her to have a line i mean like she i think in the two episodes she was in she said maybe three lines of dialogue something like that I mean, it wasn't much. Her, her personality is terse, so that yeah. that doesn't make nonsense. But uh, it isn't a lot for a meeting the meeting the new family kind of arc. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I need a I need a hot girl who dat kind of moment to to explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that will happen at some point. Yeah, we are not quite there yet, but uh, we'll, we will get there. Yes, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, uh, episode highlight, I will go ahead and say it's that awesome mu- turning point music. Okay, that's that's a good uh, musical cue to go with. Um, mm-hmm. For me, and I'm really hoping this isn't in the second episode. For me, it's whenever Batman realizes that they're vulnerable to sunlight. It's a brief moment, but there's like just this little ray of light and he sees one of the creatures squirming around it. And he has sort of that that look on his face, like he did the first time uh, in the first episode, where he raises that eye. And I didn't notice this. Yeah, yeah, there was. It must have been in the. It must have been in the second episode because we oh, didn't see it? Batman until the until the reveal uh, in this episode. Oh damn. Okay. Well, in that case, then I liked the banter at the end of this episode. <laughs> well, I, w- I want to hear more about this moment. Like, what was the context? Well, I can't. I can't remember exactly. It was uh, one of the one of the. Batman was standing back behind one of the creatures and like a ray of light was coming through. And I think the creature briefly got hit by it or something and kind of squirmed away quickly. And Batman just sort of stood there with this look on his face like that must be their weakness. Um, Because I knew that their weakness was sunlight before it got to the big, you know, reveal in this episode. Um, So Mm -hmm. if that was episode two, my bad, uh, I'm changing my favorite part (laughs) of episode two. But if it was at some point in this one, then yeah. Uh, but if if not, then I really liked the uh, the um, the whole watchtower sequence, the the coming together of the team. It's a really good wrap up moment mm-hmm. to kind of set the stage for. Okay, we we've, we've met everyone. We've proven that this concept has worth. Um, we've set up our character dynamics between each other. Now we can explore them next time. Yes, and I am looking forward to that. Um, yeah, me too. I think that's a Green Lantern heavy one, and we didn't get much of him this time, so that's going to be exciting. Excellent. Um, yeah. So closing opinions on. I guess we can do a closing opinion on the whole arc. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
at the risk of sounding redundant, I think that it's handled very well. I mean, all three parts. And and I'm not one who's a big, like, three-part kind of guy. I feel like three parts gets kind of weak in certain places. But I'm not sure that this one ever did. Honestly, I, I think this one needed to be three parts. Like, yeah. even the second part felt rushed with how they incorporated everyone in there. So I don't think it's not a two-episode no. I don't think it could have been a four episode. They could have handled the the introduction of a bunch of people better, but this is a great opening arc, especially because it sets up John Jones' character better uh, than like he. It sets him up in the way you needed to set him up. He is a very stoic character, and to give him the biggest amount of screen time in his backstory is kind of necessary. Yeah, and we don't. I don't think we. Ha- I was just kind of briefly looking. I don't think there's another three part until the end of this season. So. Um... I mean, we'll be tackling that in, I guess, like 21 weeks, but it's, uh, it, I think that, you know, three feels a little, a little long, but like you say, it felt rushed too. So I don't know. I don't know how they could have handled it better, but I think as an overall product, it's very satisfying. Episode one and three were dynamite. Oh yeah. Like Batman, Superman dynamic early on is great. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the Watchtower Roundup sequence, that awesome turnabout moments, like the, yeah. the tables have turned a moment with Batman being alive and that music. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful, this, simple this moments of, of you know, uh, just just John waxing, uh, uh, like, waxing theoreticals, you know? He's, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, like, just trying to explain the human condition, you know? Uh, a new guy oh, who yeah. doesn't get it, but he gets it because he's seen enough in his life. Yeah, it's and it's just got his. He's so mournful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, great intro arc. I'm looking forward to uh, to developing our characters next time. I, I am too, and uh, so with that, I have been Gary. Thank you for listening to the first arc here. Uh, it's it's been a real ride. Uh, you can find more from me at uh, the Wax Nostalgic Network. Uh, send us an email. Uh, the spelling and everything is in the show notes. And where can people find you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I've been Ben. And you can find me at the Carton Cast, which is a podcast I run with my younger brother about old cartoons, um, which is at thefancybat.com slash cartoncast. You can go to our, our network there and find all the shows. Excellent. So mm-hmm. join us next week as we dive into a new story arc with episode four. Thank you for listening to The Watchtower. To find out more about this show or any of our other shows, visit us on the web at www.waxnostalgicnetwork.com.